Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Six. And Father, we did an episode about a month or so ago that after editing it and thinking about it, it's just kind of been sitting with me. And it was the conversation that we had about why each of us in our own ways kind of sometimes have difficulty bringing up, essentially talking about Jesus to other people in our lives where there might be some perceived resistance. And part of it goes to the final comments that you made in the last episode that our society has made it so easy to insulate ourselves from people who don't want to talk to us. While you're in a monastery and you have to deal with individuals and you're constantly exposed to enough people that have different ideas, most of us have the ability to go, well, I don't want to hear that, so I don't. Um, you know, I don't get any positive from hearing anything else. I'm not going to agree with you. So I'm going to just not watch Fox or not watch CNN and I'm just going to avoid it. And then there's a much larger group that just don't go to the cable news section of their, uh, video guide for, for news in general. And they just kind of let things be. So our society allows that greatly. And, what I've been trying to deal with is kind of looking at the problem from a little bit of a different angle, not from people who are receiving the conversation about Jesus, but looking at it from, from myself, the part of the, the equation can control. Why does it feel difficult for me to try to bring up Jesus when I'm talking to strangers I've never met before? Because uh, essentially that's what I'm doing when I'm a guest on other people's episodes. So the thought that came to me was when you have a conversation about Jesus, I guess in religion in general, it's more encompassing than me telling someone you're throwing that football wrong. You need to hold it closer to your head on your release because that's a very specific, you know, technique thing. You can throw it this way. You have better fundamentals. Things will work. But when we talk about, you know, Jesus, spirituality, religion, whatever the, nomenclature the person you're discussing with is using it's more encompassing it's almost saying like your entire life is doing it wrong and i think that that is the disconnect that we that i have and that i know that in intellectually there's no one who's doing everything wrong nor is there anyone who's doing everything right i mean that's what jesus was but there's a reason there was only one of him, you know, so we're all trying to be more like him, but that in itself sentence says we are not there yet. And I look at, at that conundrum that I'm having within myself that I personally hate being told when I'm doing things wrong. Um, for the most part, because I look at my life and yes, I'm biased. I'm in within my own body here. I think I'm doing things right. Um, there are some tangible markers that society says is, I'm right about that. But in general, I think I'm moving in the right direction through this thing of life. And I look at it as, as saying, when we talk about Jesus, for most people, they, they shut the whole thing down because they don't want to go to that spot where they see something going wrong. And part of this just might be a discussion about how I interact with people and and misconceptions that I have, or, or maybe my own head trash getting in the way. But 
it's something that I don't think I'm alone with. So that's why I wanted to use this episode to kind of dig in deeper because um, it has been something that's been kind of sitting in the back of my mind that, that we should readdress. Why is it difficult for us to to actually bring up Jesus in conversation and to talk about ways to become better uh, rather than just in essentially what this has become an insulated box where I can talk about this stuff, where I do the recording with you, you know, all the time. So how to bring it into a more fullness of my life rather than just advertising the podcast and you're recording it. Well, I think you, you brought out some important things in uh, identifying some of the difficulties in talking about Jesus with people. Uh, we have created a culture of uh, silence <laughs> and when it comes to religion, uh, especially Christian religion. And I think there are uh, some of the reasons that you mentioned, you know, it does touch on our whole lives and there can be an implication that um, people are doing everything wrong, uh, which, which could be a difficulty. Um, I think also, you know, uh, people have, it, it's, uh, they're very weighted words. And so uh, to talk about Jesus, people immediately get certain impressions. Uh, suddenly you're like Ned Flanders on the Simpsons and it casts you in a whole um, set of, uh, viewpoints people think that you have. Uh, to give an example, I have uh, a directee, a friend who is part, who is a counselor and joined a counselor training for a particular uh, mode of, of therapy. And everybody in the groups, 50, 60 people are introducing themselves and they're introducing themselves uh, with their pronouns and a person in a gay marriage who's, uh, you know, and they're sensitive to these different things. And uh, my my friend was later in the list, uh, but someone who came in a little earlier was the only other Catholic apparently in the group and who admitted in front of this group of 50 therapists, I don't feel comfortable telling you, uh, and I'm afraid that I'll be uh, judged and excluded for this, that I'm a practicing Catholic. And I'm married. Uh, this is a man. He's married to a woman, and they have five children. And he's a practicing counselor. And and so I think that kind of pressure, you know, not only is Jesus not neutral, it has a very negative. It's been it's been a given very negative connotations to talk about Jesus or the Catholic Church or Christianity, because there is a whole moral dimension that goes with that. And uh, we generally have presented the faith like behave, believe, belong. In order to belong, you have to behave and believe. And then what people understand about morality, how to behave or what they have to believe is uh, not necessarily accurate. In some cases it is, um, but not necessarily accurate. And then it's like, well, if you don't behave and believe, then you don't belong. And then you feel excluded and rejected. And so how do you get into my elite club uh, by changing the way that you live and by rejecting the things that you believe. So that's the kind of implication that comes across. And so that's all pretty dis distasteful from, from anyone about anything. But that's, those are the, some of the mentality that are there. And, and to present the faith from a different angle is, uh, is well, it takes a little bit of work that I have to kind of back into this thing and talk about you know, the way uh, connect on a place that 
that we can connect on. Learning generally moves from the known to the unknown. And, and so if I say, hey, I see that you really want to be happy and you want to live a fruitful life. And I found some ways that lead me to live a fruitful life when I uh, behave in this particular way and I hold to the, I sacrifice myself for others because I hold them at a higher value. And, uh, you know, I have these kinds of principles and business practices. And um, I don't, there's a day of the week that I don't work and I spend time with my family. And uh, I feel like uh, this other group of people who has a similar set of beliefs, they're really helpful for me. And so I try to get together with them at least once a week. And, you know, now I'm describing Christianity without using any of the vocabulary. And people go, oh, that sounds pretty interesting, you know. Uh, and, and then it's like, oh, I just described Christianity for you. Oh, uh, well, that's not what I thought Christianity is. Um, so, so we have this, uh, we have this difficulty that people know just enough about Christianity to reject it and to resist anything that you might bring up about it. And there's a kind of closed-mindedness and closed-heartedness toward discovering a Christianity that might be different than the one they have in mind. So a lot of times the question to the atheist that's appropriate is, well, tell me about the God you don't believe in, because probably I don't believe in that God either. And that's what we need to talk about is who God actually is. So um, I think all of that makes it makes it complicated. Our, the ideas uh, about, out there about the, uh, about the church, about Christianity, about Jesus are uh, there's just little enough that it gets in the way of introducing people to what it actually means. And so we, we tend to have to find other avenues by which people admire the way that I live or that I'm able to tell them some of the secrets of my life before I apply the, the specialized vocabulary to it and uh, try to redefine that for them. And as you're saying that, that's pretty much what I've been doing here is I, the thing that brings us in is I created a business that survived from scratch and it's lived over a decade. Many people haven't done that. It's, it's kind of a cool thing that I can tell that, that people want to hear about. And, you know, the, the, there's certainly times that I know that I wouldn't have been able to get here if I didn't be able to practice what, what I do. Um, you know, in, you know, there's lots of ways that it, it, it manifests itself um, but certainly the marriage is, is a key part of it. And, you know, we wouldn't be able to, to have grown in our marriage without doing some concrete things that really are not this. I mean, they're implicit with when you're reading the Bible, but very rarely do you get Jesus saying that you need to know what your job is. You need to know what your job is so we can run a household correctly. You know, like the, every family has to, Dick out the or dish out the deck of a uh, chores. You know, you just have to do that, or your house will come into disarray very quickly. And you know, did Teresa and I know how to do that implicitly? No, it, it took time to, to figure out how to do that, how to talk to each other, and that's how I've been using that to to kind of come in and say, you know. We do things that, that, you know, sometimes most people don't. One of them is we got our budget together. You know, most people never sit down and, and figure that part out. And that's what leads to a lot of financial problems. You know, we, we live in autopilot so much. And to reanalyze your own autopilot has to start implicitly or explicitly 
with a thought that you might be doing something wrong as an individual. And for most people, that thought will never come across. Um, not saying they're necessarily bad or full of themselves, but most people think that they're generally good. So if I'm generally good, why would I think I'm doing something bad? You know, we, we have this bias to see the good in our lives rather than the, the, the impact and the negative weight we might be causing behind us. And looking at ourselves objectively is not something most of us practice doing. Um, having run enough interviews of people, I can tell you that's a prominent thing of the American society, at least here in Pittsburgh, um, that I deal with. And I look at things about how could I suggest people to, to deal with that? How, how could we look at ourselves in a non-objectful way and kind of see, am I doing things right, truly and accurately? And what I tell people is, put yourself somewhere in a place that's completely off electronically. No screens, no bum, no buzzes, no bings, no alerts, no nothing, no electric whatsoever. And just sit there for about 10 minutes and think and see what happens. So in my mind, I just told people to pray without ever telling people to pray. Um, because to me, that's instinctually what you're doing. If you're sitting in a place, going in your own thoughts in a very quiet room, that's what will happen. And, you know, it, it, to me, I think of it as, as something positive to tell people that would improve their lives. Just as I said before about the fasting thing in the last episode, it's something that will tangibly improve your life just to, sit down and declutter what's all going on in your life will help you. Um, for those people who have a computer who's longer than three years old, if you've never hit that defrag button and then you hit it, it takes a while for Windows to run that process. But when you come out the other side, it's like you got a new computer. Um, so we can do that with ourselves mentally by just doing a practice of once a day, putting ourselves in a calm, disconnected place. So I bring this up not to say that I'm doing things right or that I know the perfect things. It's actually the opposite because I want to know how to do this better and how to be able to, to implement ideas and to give people ways that will make us better. Um, but on the one hand, it also kind of feels like I'm selling a product without ever telling people what the product is. And that might be a head thing with me. Um, and if that is, and I just need to shut up and get over it, just tell me. But that's something that I also kind of feel as I'm doing this. I might need you to clarify that last point, but let me just uh, comment on, on one thing you said about uh, okay. uh, a practice of just kind of turning all the noise off and paying attention to what's happening inside of us, I think is a, an excellent suggestion. I would also say it's a completely uh, agnostic suggestion uh, in the sense that uh, most religions would promote the same practice. Um, in fact, it's just sort of a human suggestion. It's uh, well, your description of defragging is uh, is very helpful. Uh, that that's a technological description, but uh, it's the kind of thing that we need to do in our humanity. Uh, it's one of the ex explanations for how the dementia from Parkinson's develops is the that sort of defragging process breaks down in people, and so Lewy body dementia is a 
uh, an excess of Lewy bodies in the brain that don't defrag, as it were, that don't get cleaned up. And so things get uh, muddied in our our circuitry. All of these are terrible technological you know, reductions of uh, our, our wonderful biology to technology. But anyway, it gives us some models for understanding these things. Um, but that, that just spending time in silence, you know, 10 minutes disconnected and seeing what happens, just that inner awareness of uh, the kinds of thoughts that come, the, the impulse to get up, the thing you have to take care of, the thing you forgot to do, the uh, you know, you want to check the technology, you got to check the news, wonder what happened in the baseball game. I, I got to follow up with all that stuff that comes up and just letting it go one after the next is uh, a wonderful uh, way to just get in touch with us, what's happening inside of us. So very straightforward human practice. And then what happens in Christianity is we discover that we can relate all of that, whatever's happening inside of us, whatever's left after 10 minutes, that we can relate that to Jesus who, who loves us infinitely. We can relate it to a heavenly father who loves us infinitely and unconditionally. And the fact that we can bring our interior life into relationship with uh, the creator who loves us as a father unconditionally and inf- infinitely, that's part of the novelty of Christianity. Uh, we might just sit there in the absence of that or even try to expunge everything and enter into a sort of void of uh, tasting nirvana. But uh, in Christianity, we take all of that after after we've let the stuff sort of flow out of us a bit and we place it in relationship. What is what is one who loves us look like? Uh, how does he look upon all of that stuff in us? That's sort of the next step in terms of Christian prayer. Um, but but tell me again, uh, you mentioned at the end, trying to sell a product without describing the product. I didn't follow that. Well, because I, I guess this is the, the, the stumbling block that I'm having here is we're just, we're describing things that, as you just told me, that's more so than just Christian. So I, I guess in that regards, I'm, I'm starting from an incorrect starting point, but trying to give people ways to live a more virtuous life. But without telling them that, you know, these actions actually will be helping you live a more virtuous life and become closer to God, I'm stepping short of of that final statement that you are going to benefit your soul from doing this. Um, I think some people will grasp that after having gone through some of the things that I suggest, um, you know, to, to, to ask or to, to do an action without expecting anything in return, you know, some people get that, yeah, that's an act of charity. That's the definition of an act of charity. Um, it, it's a loving nature. You know, I take care of, of Joey here and I change his diapers. I don't expect anything in return. Like, I don't think he's going to, you know, wake up and, you know, figure out how to make me dinner tonight. Like, I, I don't expect anything like that. And I think that, you know, on the one hand, that is the definition of what we're called to do as Christians is actions like that. But I feel like if, if I'd say that second part, that it's this is what we're called to do as Christians, you lose people. But if you just go, well, these are examples of things we could do that would be actions that will help our and this part, it helps me too. You know, taking care of Joey, I mean Obviously, there's not a screaming baby around me anymore, so I could sleep better. So that's a a tangible way it helps me. But it it helps in other aspects of my life that I never thought it would have. 
you know, it makes me better at dealing with uh, employees where, you know, in the past, it might have been quicker to fire someone. Um, it might have been, you know, we're going to to take you off the list of someone I, I want to work with on the next project. And now it's like, oh, well, we worked through something. And since we worked through this, maybe I'm more likely to keep you now. So all of these things from stemming from just something as simple as doing something without expecting anything in return, you know, it, going to the beginning, that that's what you said essentially the generosity is giving money without expecting anyone acknowledging it. And from just a business standpoint, I do think that advertising those facts needs to become a bigger thing because people in general will not throw money without knowing there's a purpose. Um, so just as a fundraising account, to anyone out there who's doing nonprofit work, um, make articulate, what your revenue stream is. People are more comfortable with that. But my point being that I know living a more virtuous life makes me a better person. And I guess on the surface, you could say all of the key acts of charity that we are called to do, I, you know, to have yourself be a courageous person and stand up to something that's wrong and say something that's right you don't need to be Christian or Catholic to do that. You don't need to be, you know, Christian or Catholic to, to deny yourself to become better um, in the long run. But living that life certainly helps. And I know for me, going to confession and going to communion makes it easier to live these virtuous lives and to open the question of how could I do it better? Am I doing enough? Yeah. Yeah. At, at a, a couple of levels. I mean, one is the, the reinforcement that this is a goal that we're striving for and that develops a culture that we do it together and doing it together makes it easier. And, and we need to do better at that. Our culture, Christian Catholic culture has really broken down significantly and uh, we're, we're, we're barely trying anymore. It seems to me as a community, but um, uh, it also helps cer certainly the grace of God. I mean, part of the, you know, one of the ones we do it better with is Jesus himself. And uh, the more that he is alive in us and the more that the, the grace of participating in his life is flowing through our veins, forming our minds, enlightening us, clearing away the shadows of original sin and strengthening our weak wills so that we can give more of ourselves and generosity and self-sacrifice and uh, self-mastery, self-restraint, you know, the, the better off we're going to be. And so, yeah, our religious practice uh, r really helps us in our, our thinking and in our acting in order to um, be more Christ-like. And being more Christ-like feels great. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, it's being God-like. I think this is what we're all looking for. We have a, we have a hunger for transcendence. We, we admire heroes we we appreciate those who do incredible things and we also have a, a hunger to do incredible things and the one incredible thing that all all of us can do we can't all run a, a four minute mile but the incredible thing that all of us can do is heroic charity we all have the capacity for hero, heroic charity and that only comes through the the kind of uh, training, and that's what the word asceticism means. The asceticism in Greek means training. 
And so we train, we train uh, in, in order to respond to the gift, to use the gift of, of our Christian faith, our Christian, the grace of sharing and the life of, the, of Christ. We use that to uh, grow in virtue and to serve others and to develop those, uh, especially charity. So, um, yeah, uh, concretely, again, you know, a nice practice to give it a try. Sit for in silence for 10 minutes and, uh, you know, breathe <laughs> steadily and gently. Disconnect and, and cut out the, uh, the interruptions and see what comes up in your heart and then relate that to Jesus. It's a, a way of praying that they call praying like a pirate. It's, uh, the acronym is A-R-R-R, acknowledge, relate, receive, and respond. But that acknowledging happens in some silence, disconnection. And then we try to relate it to a loving father who is with us. And what a beautiful way to end today's episode. So we thank everyone for being with us. We thank you guys for following us. And please hit subscribe and share. We'll be with you again next week.